Welcome to the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward, a podcast looking at legislation as it passes through Iraq to in our national parliament. Well, we are very welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Irish Legislation Podcast. And today we're going to look at the Prohibition of Conversion Therapies Bill 2018, which is a private member's bill that was sponsored by a number of senators in the last challenge. Uh, Fintan Warfield of Sinn Féin was the main sponsor, but Jerry Buttimer was another sponsor of that. And Jerry joins us today. Jerry is a senator for Fine Gael, former chair of the Fine Gael LGBT group, and the first openly gay TD for Fine Gael. And I'm also delighted to be joined by Stella O'Malley, who is a psychotherapist and author. She's the founder of the parents' organization, Genspect, and is currently practicing as a psychotherapist in Offaly. So thanks both for joining me. Um, Jerry. I want to come to you first because you obviously are one of the sponsors of this bill. Can you tell us what it does? What, what's the purpose of this bill? Well, the, the bill is, is, is primarily to outlaw conversion therapy in Ireland and to ensure that what conversion therapy is not is an attempt to change the sexual orientation of a person. It's been discredited worldwide, uh, and for many of us, the stigma, the polarization uh, must be removed. Uh, If we look at where we've come from to give context with the Gender Recognition Act of 2015, with the right to self-determination, there's been a conversation and a narrative and an experience for many trans people uh, and many LGBTI people in our country uh, that there's been a stigma, a polarisation, a dehumanisation. And to think that for one minute that some people would view that those of us who are of the LGBTI community uh, would need to have a fix for our sexuality. Well, in that regard, can you tell us exactly what conversion therapy is? I'm going to ask Stella to tell us more about it from from a professional standpoint, but from what is exactly convers- uh, conversion therapy as described in the bill? Well, I suppose the big thing about conversion therapy is, is trying to change a person's sexual orientation and trying to make them not who they are. And we all know who our identity is, and that is you know, who we are as people. Um, and the, the bill is, is, is essentially trying to, to, to change that uh, and to ensure that we outlaw it, which has been happening uh, around the world. Any attempt to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity, uh, you know, for, by coercive means, we're saying should be outlawed. Uh, is it a big problem in Ireland? Well, Roger Gorman, the current Minister for Children, has commissioned a piece of research uh, in his department into the practice and the exact nature of it here. Um, and it is part of the programme for government commitment that we would ban conversion therapy. Uh, there's a government LGBTI subgroup um, and that work is continuing. Uh, the bill at the moment has gone through second stage in the Shannon and therein it lies pending um, further work and further I suppose, analysis and research. For many of us, we are committed to the bill being enacted into law. And I have to give credit to all members of the Oireachtas that uh, are, are, sorry, not all, but the majority of members of the Oireachtas are very much in favour of what we're trying to achieve here. The overarching ambition is is to, uh, you know, allow for uh, people to be able to enjoy uh, in a positive way their own quest 
for self-understanding and and for self-actualization, uh, and and that journey. And if you look at last week, we had forty years of the of of the European Court uh, decision about LGBT rights. Um, to today, we've come on a quantum journey, uh, but there is a, a piece of work that has to be done and continue to be worked. Uh, and I used the word earlier: polarization is not good. Uh, and I think it's important that we have. In in the in the in the time since we passed the Gender Recognition Act, the Marriage Equality Referendum, in, uh, and now into law, that there's a, a a continuing conversation around what's what's right for people and what's 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 you know government's role in in the in the making of life better for people and upholding human rights. Jerry, before I go to Stella to, to talk about this, can I ask you a controversial question? I mean, this bill is is about allowing people to identify as they want to identify and, and, and not putting pressure on them. Is there not a fundamental restriction of their freedom, maybe if they don't want to, uh, to be gay and, and they feel they are gay or whatever? Is it not also their right to seek conversion therapy? And are you not restricting them by putting this bill through? No, because I suppose it's all about it's 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 all about self determination, and it's about it's all about ensuring uh, that we there is no gay cure, there is no reparative therapy. Uh, this is about who we are. Uh, many people are on a journey. Uh, in terms of their own personal pathways, in terms of sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, and, and it is about, as Maslow keeps telling us, the, the right to be able to achieve self-actualization. Um, and, and for me, you can you can have all the talks about religion, about prayer, about therapies. Um, but the most important thing here is uh, this is about ensuring as, as a state, as a government, that that is, that is part of, of, of what we stand for, uh, is, is the right to uphold our human rights, but also to ensure that that every one of us are not stigmatized uh, that we don't and i keep going back to this phrase uh, that there's no fix required uh, this is about people undergoing a process undergoing a period of time uh, as the gender recognition act recognizes in in in, in self determination stella um everything jerry said there is is very reasonable isn't it why are you opposed to the bill um, I'm opposed to the bill because I think it's a very badly worded bill. Um, I'm not a, against um, conversion, the conversion therapy ban. I think conversion therapy is a terrible practice. It's an outdated practice. I don't think any ethical therapist in Ireland, England or anywhere in the world would carry out conversion therapy. And frankly, it has mostly been a religious practice. It's not, it doesn't have any space in therapy. It doesn't have any space in any ethical therapeutic practice. What it was, was a pseudoscientific practice that was carried out very often in the name of a religion where they tried to change the sexual orientation of people. Generally, people who are gay, lesbian or bisexual. It doesn't work, as Jerry said, and it um, it caused a huge amount of harm. They did awful things such as kind of electrocompulsive therapy. They forced people to watch porn. Uh, it was pretty, really awful what happened. But we're talking about the 1950s, 1960s. Ireland was quite regressive and we continued it much later than other people. But it was never therapy. It should never have been called therapy. It's a pseudoscientific practice and it should never have really been given that uh, title. However, this proposed ban is badly worded on many ways. And I I, I really have to take up, um, Jerry on the fact that it's he, he kind of he talked about sexual orientation, which I'm completely and utterly at one with him. Every single thing he mentioned in terms of sexual orientation, I completely agree with. However, gender identity is a very different concept. It has a very different evolution. It 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 
manifests very differently. And so you have to give different language to it. Not only that, when somebody says LGBTI, which may I point out isn't said in any other country, in every other country they say LGBTQ+. In Ireland, because of, frankly, activism and advocacy, it says LGBTI. I is for intersex. It's an outdated word. These days people call it DSD, which is a, a difference of sexual disorder. And it's something people are born with. And it is a very difficult condition. And if you talk to people, for example, if you look at the charity DSD families, you'll realise they, they're absolutely against the word I for intersex. They object to it. And they certainly don't want to be co-opted into this kind of banner, which speaks to very different issues. For example, if you look at the funding, and I know I'm going off the subject, but I just can't let the word LGBTI go as an acronym and act as if this is appropriate. It's not appropriate. If you look at the funding, the funding for DSDs or intersex is very, very low compared to the funding for LGBT. And that's something we need to be very careful of and not conflate. And just to finish, because I know I'm, I'm saying a lot here, the one thing that is the main problem with this proposed bill is the conflation of concepts. If you stick in gender identity and pretend that it's the same thing as sexual orientation, you have immediately missed an awful lot of nuance. For example, there's significant numbers of people who um, turn out to be gay, lesbian or, or bisexual who begin their sexual orientation development with an identity as trans. And so therefore, if they start out with, a, with a, a, a kind of a concept of, I don't feel like a girl, I'm a lesbian. I don't want to be a lesbian. Maybe it's because of cultural norms. Maybe it's because of repressed sexuality. We don't know because maybe they're very young. Maybe they're 13 or 14. And they don't, they feel very uncomfortable. They feel very unsure of themselves. And so they say, I must be a boy. And especially in the world that we're living in now, they will get a very, very um, generous online reception as a result. And so they have, in effect, repressed their sexual orientation into a gender identity. They have, it's part of their gender identity journey. It's part of their sexual orientation journey. And every good therapist needs room to have space to explore all the issues and not to feel like we can't discuss and explore in a compassionate and gentle way all the different nuances regarding a gender identity and a sexual orientation. And for the life of me, to finish, for the life of me, I cannot understand for even one second why the word gender expression is on that bill. They said sexual orientation, they conflate it with gender identity, and then they add in the words gender expression, frankly, for no good reason, which suggests to me this is a very sloppily worded bill and the people who wrote it didn't have very much expertise in the area. I'll come to you in a second, Jerry. Do you mind if I just tease some of that out with you, Stella? Because the section one of the bill defines certain ter terms like sexual orientation, yeah. which they say is each person's capacity for profound emotional, affectional, and <laughs> sexual attraction to and intimate sexual relations with persons of a different gender or the same gender or more than one gender. They also define gender identity as each person's internal and individual experience of gender, which may or may not correspond with the sex assigned at birth, including the personal sense of the body, which may involve a freely chosen modification 
of bodily appearance and or functions by medical, surgical or other means and other expressions of gender, including name, dress, speech and mannerisms. And it defines gender expression as each person's manifestation of their gender identity and or the one that is perceived by others. So they, they do define those terms. Do you have difficulty with the definitions or you have a difficulty with the fact that they're all being dealt with in the same bill? Um, the second. I have no problem with the definitions. They're perfect as far as I can see. You can always mess around with definitions, but they're pretty good. Um, they're being conflated as if they had the same arc of development and as if they don't have direct conflicts in their development, and they do. Mm-hmm. Jerry. No, I, 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 I'm I, not going to have a, a, a row. Uh, obviously, anything that we can do to improve the bill uh, is something that we should be open to. And that is why uh, at committee report stage, the, if amendments by government are needed, then I'm personally open to, to, to making that uh, a reality. I suppose the important point that I want to make, Barry, is that we can argue the, the LGBTIQ plus argument to the cows come home. What we're trying to achieve here is to eliminate an abusive and dehumanising practice uh, that that is in its portrayal and its act tried to over many many centuries uh, cure or suppress a person's sexual uh, orientation or, or gender identity or expression. Uh, and what we must try and achieve here is that we are all working. I hope to ensure that we make life good, better for all people uh, and to uphold human rights, as I say, the whole time. Uh, the context of this is no one can accidentally, uh, uh, as the uh, as Caroline Keane said in the Irish Times last summer, can accidentally engage in a so-called conversion therapy approach. So uh, the programme for government is very clear in that we're committed to outlawing this therapy uh, because it's not really therapy anyway. Uh, secondly, uh, that we're following the lead of other countries uh, in ensuring uh, that there is a, a legislation put in place to prohibit uh, and to ensure uh, that we, we we treat people fairly, um, it isn't one that we've that we took a decision lightly to to put a, a private member's bill and to put this before the House of Directors. This is about ensuring uh, that we build upon the, the decade of change that we've had as a country, uh, and to make sure that in 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 and in, in and if you look at the approach taken. Uh, by the PSI, the Psychological Association of Ireland, who again are committed to saying there's no place for conversion therapy in our country. Uh, th- this is, I hope, an all-party and non-approach to ensuring uh, that, was, that that is what has been a very bad practice uh, is not conversion therapy under any shape or form is, is not acceptable in our country. Uh, and, and if the wording of the bill is, 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 in inverted commas, sloppy, then there will be an opportunity of reporting committee stage uh, and in the Dáil to make it a better bill, and I'm and, and Barry, you're, you've been involved in putting together a piece of legislation. Um, I'm all for that. And if you look at the different headings and categories of the bill, you know, like criminalization of conversion therapies, uh, as an example, um, I'd like to hear Stella's views on that if she wants to talk about that. Uh, the whole thing around prohibition of conversion therapy, um, you know, what we're saying here is that it, it would be wrong to have that carried on and enacted and, car- and kept, kept in the statute book. Uh, she says she's no difficult definitions that we welcome that. So I, I, if, if, if you want to go through the whole issue of, 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 of kind of, you know, piece by piece in it, I'm happy to look at and explore in, in, in a very in-depth way because, uh, you know, rush legislation is bad legislation, which is the cr- cliche, but in, in our case, 
Uh, it's about the appropriation of conversion therapy. Um, if there's issues around the criminalization of it in terms of what's being put forward in the bill or, or in the in the context of is it the title of the bill is, is the issue as well. I'm happy to have a debate and an engagement in that, but the overarching philosophy and approach must be uh, to ensure that we, we don't allow conversion therapy to remain part of what we stand for as a country. Um, first of all, can I just acknowledge what you said there, that it's cross-party. I think there were 20 sponsors of this bill and they represent every group in the last channel. So it's important to acknowledge that as well. But how do you answer Stella's point about the fact that she says the way this bill is drafted, it prohibits professional therapists who actually want to engage in real therapy for people who, who are having issues. It prohibits them from exploring certain issues because it might fall under the definition of conversion therapy. Well, I think that's part of what Roger O'Gorman is going to do now in, in, in his review, in his piece of work around this area. And, and I'm open, you know, to, to, to working to, to make the bill a better, a better bill. And, and I'm open to participating in any debate uh, that, that will legally ban the practice um, in our country. Um, and, and, you know, the whole issue on conversion therapy, it, it, it is about treatment in inverted commas, proposed to change a person's sexual orientation or to suppress a person's gender uh, identity. I don't think any of us can stand for that. Um, and and if if it comes to the, if it comes that we need a new bill, uh, then I, I'm open to that. But what I what I don't want to see happen is a dilution in any shape or form from a scoping paper or a piece of research uh, being done by the minister or by the government, uh, because. We're trying to bring into legislation a proposal to ban conversion therapy. Uh, and, and that's the fundamental aim. That's the overarching approach. That, and we'll take, I'll take consult, consultation and consideration. I don't sit here this morning uh, and, and, and say that the bill is perfect, uh, anything but. But what I do want to make sure is that the cross party approach and independent approach that we've taken will continue. Uh, I'm, I'm cognizant of, of, of the limitations that many of us have in drafting legislation. Uh, but in saying that, uh, the fundamental goal of banning the practice is one, I think, shared by the majority of the Oireachtas and by the majority of, of the, the people in the state. Um, and Stella has, a, has highlighted um, concerns. Um, Minister O'Gorman, I know, and his department have looked at some issues that where they have, I believe, some kind of legal concerns uh, regarding how the legislation could be worded. Uh, and, and as I said, if that means further engagement, if that means uh, further consultation, then fine. Uh, I'm prepared to do that. But what, I, what I'm not prepared to do is to allow the situation to continue uh, where we have conversion therapy legal in our country. So, Stella, I mean, I think there are probably a lot of points at which you and Jerry are on the same page. I mean, he's right in saying that private members' bills are more often than not imperfect. In fact, that's true of every bill. It's just that we get less opportunity to amend the government ones <laughs> and the private members' bills. But can, can't it be changed to, to address your concerns? Yes. Um, yeah. So can, can I ask you just about the current phrasing? I mean, conversion therapy is defined in, in some detail. Um, and in Section 2, it also creates a criminal offence um, of conversion therapy, sorry, in Section 3, but also in Section 2, it makes it unlawful for a professional to perform a conversion therapy. Do you have a difficulty with the definition of conversion therapy, the practice or treatment to, that seeks to change, suppress or eliminate sexual orientation? 
Um, I will explain what my difficulty is. My difficulty is the knowledge that I have about conversion therapy and as a, as a definition. And I know that it has been forever regarded as a deceptive and harmful act of practice against a person's sexual orientation. And I know that the phrases gender identity and gender expression have been added on and they got added on in and around 2014, 2015. And I believe they've been added on inappropriately because they're in direct conflict. And so you cannot, not always in direct conflict, but they can be in direct conflict. And that's for the therapist to tease out. So if somebody comes to them, that they're free to explore all their avenues. And if they're being lumped together, because they have been lumped together in this document, um, you, you've, you've got a kind of almost a, a paradox that you're trying to argue one while the other one is holding you back. So if I'm to explore somebody's sexual orientation, but they don't want to explore their sexual orientation because they are feeling very uncomfortable with it. Now, I won't bull in and insist they, they explore it but, because I, I'm a compassionate therapist, but I would certainly like to give room to it. I would like to give room to, to discussing it. However, if they're determined to transition, they could argue that I'm carrying out conversion therapy because they're not allowing, I'm not immediately, as it says there, I should be assisting the individual to undergo a gender transition, be that medically or not. And so that if I'm not immediately assisting them in that, then I am apparently carrying out conversion therapy, even though I have a, might have a strong suspicion that they haven't explored their sexual orientation, that they have dismissed it, that they're um, for various reasons. It could be cultural norms. It could be because they haven't sexually awoken yet. It could be because they have a repressed sexuality. There's many reasons. And so by conflating the two, we have a real issue here. And I, I really want to emphasize that this has never been part of the definition of conversion therapy until very recently. Jane, and there Jane, should be, I would argue, two bills. There should be a conversion therapy, which is for sexual orientation. And may I say, is outdated. I don't believe it's happening in Ireland very often. It's certainly not happening with any ethical therapist in any accredited body. So it's therefore we're talking outliers who are frankly along the lines of religious exorcism. We're really in quite extreme places and it's not therapy. It's actually religious practices. So yeah, it isn't therapy, one right? way, in, in one way, it's just like this is we are in the real extremists of society. Without a doubt, that should be completely outlawed. And you could write a very clear bill that says that about conversion therapy. Get rid of it. It isn't even a good name because it should be conversion practices. However, then a second document would be an exploration around gender identity and gender expression that is compassionate and curious and exploratory. And that that gives freedom to any therapist who wants to work with um, uh, gender questioning children or young people, that they have freedom to explore their sexual orientation. Because my fear is they might be repressed or they might be uh, reluctant to explore it. And I won't feel able to explore it because it could be, could be termed conversion therapy. It won't be, but it could be termed it. It puts, it basically constricts a therapist. And so if there was a second bill that just concentrate on gender identity and gender expression, we could write that and it could be lovely because it could really make sure that any therapy that was taken um, account of gender dysphoria is a mental health issue. It is actual, it causes extreme distress. There is no equivalent for being gay, lesbian or, or um, bisexual as there is with gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria sometimes leads to people having a medical transition but it doesn't always. The gender dysphoria is a, is a mental health condition that's in the DSM, which is, you know, the psychiatrist, 
kind of diagnostics manual. So it's a mental health condition that has been with us for many, many years. And people often move beyond it. And I myself as a child had a very extreme um, experience of gender issues the last many years. I had, um, and the phrase is, if it's insistent, persistent and consistent. And for me, it was for many, many years. And I moved beyond it. Now, had I been maybe lesbian and at that awful time when I had puberty, if I had met a therapist who kind of said, yeah, you need to transition. Don't worry about your sexual orientation. We won't think about it. It hasn't awoken yet. And so you're not comfortable talking about it. We won't talk about it. And I could have ended up on a pathway to medical transition and it wouldn't have been appropriate for me. For some people, it might have been very appropriate. It wouldn't have been appropriate for me. And the stats say 80 percent of children grow out of it. Now, when 80 percent of children grow out of gender dysphoria, you have to kind of slow down and say, hang on, there's no equivalent in sexual orientation. 80 percent of children do not grow out of sexual orientation because, frankly, it only develops generally with their sexuality. They might have gender nonconforming behavior as a child. A very good example of that would be Rupert Everett. He was a, a, a he's a gay man now. He's an actor, but he was a very gender nonconforming child. He uh, ran around in dresses and I'd love to live in a world where boys could run around in dresses and have their sparkly wands and wear their princess crowns. And nobody seeks to try and um assign a gender or anything on them, that they're free to do whatever they want. Anyway, as he says, puberty brought attention to him ultimately that he was gay and that the gender nonconforming behaviour was connected with the fact he was gay. And now he's a very happy gay man and off he goes. Now, my worry would be any therapist who had met Rupert Everett at a young child would not have come to that conclusion. They would have said, this is about gender identity, we need to help this child with medical transition and we will start with puberty blockers, blockers which will block their puberty, which will block their sexual awareness, which will block their sexual awakening because that's what puberty blockers do. So puberty blockers are prescribed from the age of around about nine or 10 when puberty first hits and they are being prescribed in Ireland just in case you think they aren't. And what they do is they block, they literally suppress your puberty. And so if you have a sexual awakening, which I would argue maybe all, certainly most of us have a sexual awakening to occur in our, in our teen years, um, it will be blocked by puberty blockers because you're starting a medical transition. And that is really, really, we are in an experimental phase. We're about 10 years into the prescription of, of puberty blockers for gender dysphoric children. Never happened before. Puberty blockers, by the way, were designed for children who would go, go for precocious puberty. Uh, sorry, I've misworded that. Pre children who would experience precocious puberty. And that would be very unusual cases where a child would be maybe three or four or five years old and have a precocious puberty. And the doctor would prescribe puberty blockers to block it so they could have a natural puberty when they're about nine or 10 in sync with the other children of their age. And that's what puberty blockers were designed for. In the last 10 years, in an experimental pathway that started in the Netherlands and has since been stopped in the Netherlands, they, um, they prescribed puberty blockers to children so that they could undergo a medical transition. 98% of children who are prescribed puberty blockers go on to medical transition. My argument would be they, their puberty is blocked. They haven't got a sexual awareness. When they go through a, a synthetic puberty, when they go through a medical transition, they're in the opposite gender 
And so they're receiving the opposite. So the, the, rather than maybe a natural occurring testosterone, they're receiving a synthetic estrogen. And they never got a chance to live with their testosterone and perhaps explore their sexual or- orientation. I mean, it's, There's a direct it's, yeah, conflict. It's, it's a hugely complex area, but I, I presume you remember the Irish Association for Counseling and, and Psychotherapy, as most of your colleagues would be. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. And I think if, I mean, leaving aside the bill, for, for example, if any of you or your professional colleagues and fellow members of the association were to inv- engage in conversion therapy, as it's termed, or conversion practices, that is unethical. And, and are, are there consequences that would flow from that in terms of, of uh, discipline or or whatever? It might well, be? yeah. And so there should be like, you know, any ethical therapist just won't carry out any of these kind of archaic practices. It's just, and it's not being done. Therapists yeah. in Ireland, we're lighting candles and we're exploring kind of people's psyche. Nobody, I, I've never met a therapist who is on any level, anywhere near the practices of conversion therapy, as has always been recognised of what it is. It's an old-fashioned religious practice that's kind yeah. of, it's, it's are, way are you out aware of it. Are you aware of it happening in Ireland at all today? Me? Yeah. Um, I've heard that there's religious practices going on maybe up the north. Right. And maybe there's I, I some suppose, sort of I racism. Suppose, in going I, I suppose, Barry, the, the over, the, the, and we're not going to, we're, we're sidetracking for small, but, but the, the fundamentals of the bill are there, there's a leading across the world, including Ireland, you know, call to have action to outlaw conversion therapy. Um, it is, I think we all accept degrading, it's harmful, and it should not be tolerated in any civilized society. We can debate the other issues again in a different in a yeah. different forum, but, but the Jerry, fundamental point here. But this is the forum. This is exactly yeah. the forum. No, the, what I'm saying is in, in the context of the bill, the bill has got a specific aim. Uh, the Gender Recognition Act of 2015 uh, has embarked us on a journey in terms of self-determination. There, there's a very strong a commitment in the programme for government in the context of the conversion therapy bill. And if you look at many parts of the world and Europe, including our closest neighbours in the UK, where, we, where, where, where legislation, I say, is coming this year, uh, it, it is important that there is consultation, there is work being done, as I said, by by by, by Minister O'Gorman. But, you know, let's look at the whole context of therapy, conversion therapy. You know, what is it what what is it what what is conversion therapy seeking to do? Is the question we should put at the forefront of everything that we do about this bill and say about this bill. And, and, sorry, my final point in this yeah. section is it's harmful, it's dangerous. It has no place in the modern democracy and civilized world, no matter. And and the very fact uh, that's that I lose today, it could be ca- happening in, in certain parts of the north, or it could be happening. The fact is, it shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I think I think we're all agreed on that. I'm wondering, Jerry, do you, how do you feel about the notion of removing the gender identity aspect of the bill and restricting the definition of conversion therapy to sexual orientation? Do you think that would neuter the bill, or do you think that that it, it well, might be possible to create two pieces of legislation? My my worry is that it will neuter the bill. Undoubtedly, there is there there is there is concerns being expressed by Stella, some of which I I, I don't share, which is fair enough. Um, what we must do. Is 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 to consult, uh, is to engage, uh, and to come back uh, with a, with a bill if if the officials and the minister and government determine that it and deem it to be uh, to be improved upon. I'm happy to do that, um, and 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 any you know lacunas or loopholes in the legislation 
then if that can be ironed out, fine. But, you know, I, I think we've come from a very dark place in our history and in the experience and the lived experiences of LGBTIQ plus people. Uh, and you can use all the acronyms you want and you can shake your head at me. Uh, the reality is we've, we've been in a very bad place. Uh, okay. and, 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 and I can give personal story and friend story uh, of the darkness that has enveloped and engulfed the lives of people. Um, and, and what we must do, either collectively uh, or, 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 or uh, go back to the beginning again, is to make the lives of too many people who have been badly affected and I've stood and sat in the kitchens and the front rooms of families and listened to the stories of mothers and fathers who lost children uh, to, to self-harm because of their, their journey in, in transitioning. Uh, and, and the trans community in our country have suffered and, have, and the polarization cannot continue. Okay. And, 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 and I want to just say this, Barry, that for me, and I'm not trying to be divisive at all in this conversation, it is about ensuring that, that any attempt uh, to, to, to dilute a bill uh, must look at how we can make the lives of people better and more positive. Okay, thanks, Ray. Stella, did you want to come in? Yeah, I do want to come in on quite a few points there. The first point I want to say is you, when it's a serious subject such as suicide, and when it's a serious subject as such as self-harm, you need to get it accurate. And actually the biggest risk um, to uh, children in this bill is that children who are gay, lesbian and bisexual are more likely to self-harm and die by suicide than people who are trans-identified. That's the research. And I, that's I the real that's risk. Correct. We need to be very accurate about that because this needs to be really, really Correct, because when you're talking about serious issues, you've got to get it right. And to continue on from that, you cannot put the word I into this bill because LGBTI, I means intersex. How do you propose conversion therapy can be carried out on a child who has been born with a physical condition such as intersex? It's an actual condition. No conversion therapy can do anything about that because it's an actual physical condition such as they might be born without a womb or they might be born... Um, with, you know, difficulties with their genitals appearance. That is not even in the space of conversion therapy. No, I have to finish this sentence. No, but it's and not it's in so the deeply inappropriate it, to it, say it. You just can't bring it in. Well, sorry. I, 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 so, yeah, is it in the bill, Jerry, or am I wrong? Uh, my understanding is not. No, I, I don't. Well, then you shouldn't be bringing it up, Jerry. I'm sorry. Every time you say "I," it's like, well, can, that's so inappropriate. I, I think can I, ask you, what it's about? can I ask you both about this because obviously there's uh, attention around the use of the the word "I" or the letter "I" in LGBTQIA+. What um, can I ask one of you just because there's lots of people who'll be listening to this who are uninitiated in terms of what the correct terminology is, and I think it would be helpful maybe to tell them exactly how it works so, or tell me even can, can you explain yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you a little bit about it if you, if you don't mind it's a, it's a condition it's kind of an umbrella term intersex and a lot of people find it a bit offensive and very outdated and it's a condition that basically um, represents about 46 different medical conditions that a person can be born with there's many different variations and so that's why people use these days DSDs as in developmental sex differences or developmental sex disorders the point is they have and they have been born 
with a physical anomaly. Now, some people might get born with only one arm. Some people might get, not, not people with DSDs. Some people are born with, you know, six fingers. There's different ways we can be born. People with DSDs are born with some sort of anomaly with their either their reproductive system or their genitals. And that is what it is. It has nothing to do with this bill. It has nothing to do with, frankly, being gay or lesbian or bisexual. It gets stuck on, frankly, by people who don't know enough to know that this is quite offensive and people generally with those conditions are very often very, very um, distressed about it. In November of last year, the European Union presented its first Union of Equality where the Commission presented its first ever strategy on LGBTIQ equality in the European Union. And the over the fundamental aim here is the premise of everything that we all try to do and everything that we've tried to work at legislatively, referendum-wise, constitutionally, is about that everybody should be able to be free to be who they are without fear of persecution. And And that's what what Europe is about. And and so what we're trying to do here is is to fight for inclusion, to fight for equality, to ensure that the conversation we're having now is an irrelevance, because it is. Can I just put forward that about around the world, there is a movement certainly to ban uh, conversion therapy all over the world. And if it was happening all over the world, I'd be delighted with it. I'm not convinced it's happening in any ethical therapy. Well, I know it's not happening. Well, if you look at parts of America, parts of Africa. Yeah, they're uh, religious practices. It's it's a combination of both. Uh, and that's, they're, they're, they're not therapeutic well, because they don't come in. Sorry, you don't come under the, the therapy. European, you, I think you actually, talk to the European uh, Union Agency for Fundamental Rights, talk to the OSCE uh, and, 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 and engage with those organisations. Well, I'll, I'll answer that if you don't mind, because I do talk to an awful lot of people. I'm the founder of GenSpect. It's an international organisation. We represent over 17 organisations from 15 different countries. I appeared for a submission in front of the New Zealand government last week. This is representing thousands of parents who are concerned that their children aren't receiving good quality therapeutic treatment. Why? Because they've been fast-tracked to medical transition when they should be allowed explorative, the respect of exploratory, compassionate, gentle therapy that might include some um, exploration around their sexual orientation, that might include expression around what's wrong with being a masculine woman, what's wrong with being a feminine man, Why do we have to medically transition things? I'm not saying that some people might choose to medically transition, but all the all the inner aspects of the psyche need to be explored. I I don't know if we're going to agree on this, but there's lots we do agree on. And we all agree that the the practices that are involved in so-called conversion therapies or conversion practices are deeply damaging and wrong. And I, I, I think everybody supports the notion that they would stop and be banned. And if that requires legislation, so be it. Uh, I just want to acknowledge before we finish that the, the 20 sponsors, Fintan Warfield of Sinn Féin, Catherine Arda of Fianna Fáil, Lynn Rowan, Independent, Eon O'Reardon of Labour's then-Senator, Nilo Danil of Sinn Féin, Grace O'Sullivan of the Green Party, then-Senator, David Norris, Independent, Pork McLaughlin of Sinn Féin, then-Senator, Colette Kelleher, Independent, then-Senator, Kevin Humphreys, then-Senator of Labour, Alice Mary Higgins, independent, uh, Paul Gavin of Sinn Fein, Joan Freeman, independent, then Senator, Moira Devine of Sinn Fein, then Senator, Jerry Crockwell, independent, 
Rose Conway-Walsh, then Senator of Sinn Féin, yourself, Jerry Buttermer, Victor Boyan, Independent, Francis Black, Independent, and Ivana Bacic, then Senator. So they are the sponsors of the okay. bill. As Jerry said, it's gone through second stage in 2018 and is waiting, I suppose, to be sponsored to go through committee stage in the Senate. But plenty to debate anyway, I think, is definitely what we can take away from today. I'm really grateful to you both for your time in joining us, Jerry Buttermer, Senator, and Stella O'Malley, psychotherapist. Thanks for your time. Thank you, thanks, Thank you, Stella. Thanks to you for Thank you. Tuning in and downloading this episode of the Irish Legislation Podcast. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward. You can get me on Twitter at Barry M. Ward. Don't forget to subscribe and you won't miss any of the episodes as they come up on a weekly basis while the Oireachtas is sitting. <laughs>